This is Mark Williams of Team Footprints Basketball, and you're listening to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast with Coach TJ. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. And it has been a minute. It's been a while since I have been on, um, since I've done a, a episode. But, you know, it got close to the end of the year last year. And, and you know, we were coming up on the holidays. Not a lot of things going on. I got, got a little girls playing basketball now. And, and the holidays is real busy, so I decided to take some time off, get away from it, recharge, reboot, and um, and now we're back. We're back with another, with a brand new episode. But I just can't believe this 2019. You know, 2018 went by really fast. Um, 2019 is going to be exciting. I've got some really good things planned that I think everybody's going to like. I have a new book that will be released on January 31st. January 31st, my book, The Skill Development Playbook, will be released. It's complete. It's finished. It's done. Editing is done. It's ready to roll. Uh, so there are two different ways that you can actually purchase the book. The first way is on my website. Uh, you can go to tjonesfirm, tjonesfirm.com, uh, and you can click on the SDP book link that's up at the top and it will take you to the correct page and you can look through there and find out information about the book and purchase it or you can you can search the skill development playbook on amazon you can search for it on amazon and it will be available uh in a in a download ebook kindle version or you could purchase the paperback um now if you want to pre-order it which i encourage you to do uh, you should go ahead and go to Amazon and pre-order it. If you order it on my website, it will be a PDF download. Uh, so if you prefer a PDF, you can get it from my site. On on my site, it's $3.95. On Amazon for the for the ebook download, it's $3.99. If you want the paperback, it's $9.99. So got that going on. Uh, I give you a little bit more information about that at the end of the show. Uh, so let's get into today's episode. So today I am going to discuss how to improve a player's confidence. I have been doing skill development. Uh, If you've listened to the show and and follow me on social media, you know, I've been doing skill development for a while. I've been doing it since 2001. So I'm coming up on my 18th year, uh, right around June. I've been doing skill development for 18 years and it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to imagine, you know, just thinking about that. Uh, so I've been doing this for quite a while, and I would say probably about 90% of the players that I work with, uh, whenever I talk to a parent for the first time about their kid, about their son or their daughter, they tell me all the skills that they need to improve, and then they usually always finish up that sentence with, and I need them to improve their confidence. So one thing that I have learned over the years is that, of course, and this is just in everyday life, that's whether we are doing basketball, whether we are doing a project at work, or whether we're getting ready to take a test. Um, you know, it, it could be a number of different things, but 
one thing that I have noticed is if a kid or if a player, especially a younger player, is not as successful at doing something, they lose confidence in, in the ability to perform whatever skill it may be. So if a kid is coming out and they are shooting the basketball and they can't make any shots, then they're going to then they're going to believe that they can't make it. If a kid is dribbling the basketball and they can't keep control of the dribble, then they're going to think that they can't dribble the basketball. So what I have done over the years, and this isn't anything that I have um, necessarily read or researched these, these are the six things that I do, that I've done over the years, and I've noticed in helping players and improve their confidence. Now, what I'm going to tell you is relative. It's relative to whatever. You got to take it in context. It's relative to the situation that you could be in. It could be um, some players, this may help. Some players, it may not. Uh, you may not need to do all six of these of these tips, uh, some players are just going to be confident. They can miss every shot in the game and and still think they're the best thing on the basketball court, which is good, which is good. Um, so how to improve a player's confidence. So quick story. Um, like I said, I have a I have an eight-year-old daughter that is playing basketball, and this is what actually sparked me to do today's episode. I have an eight-year-old daughter that plays basketball in and she's playing in a little league um, in in a town about 30 minutes from where I live in Little Rock. And so this is a really good league for kids to start in. You know, it's first, it's kindergarten, first and second grade. They play on an eight-foot goal. Uh, they play four-on-four. Four. Um, you know, they play with a smaller ball. And all the kids pretty much are learning how to play for the pretty much for the first time. So they're encouraged to do well. And so my daughter came out and she was smoking. First few four, first three or four games, she was, she was smoking. I mean, my, my oldest daughter who was into music, she was just excited and ecstatic and, Ooh, Nicole, you this, you that. And my wife was happy, you know, and I was happy too. Um, other people, my, my parents, grandparents telling how good she is and, and so then she played this one particular game. Uh, she played against a really good friend of hers. And she didn't play so well. She missed some shots. And after the game, she was she was crying. She was disappointed. Uh, she felt like, she told me she felt like she let everybody down because she didn't perform up to her level of expectations. And she lost a little bit of her confidence. So when I was thinking about that, I said, hmm, well, you know, a lot of kids I work with, their parents want their kids in confidence to improve. So this would be a good topic for the show. So I'm going to go into detail about everything that we talked about and what I said. But um, when we did get done talking, she felt better about herself. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do do an episode on, on how to improve a player's confidence. And like I said, it's all relative, um, but I think I have six good tips for how you can improve a player's confidence. All right, so let's go through these. Number one, remove all expectations. Number one, remove all expectations. So when a player is, and and also, I guess you can look at this a, a number of different ways. Uh, and, and this is really coming from when a player is learning a skill. 
Okay, not necessarily if a player already knows how to perform a skill, but this is more of, and I should have said that from the beginning, these six tips is for when you are teaching a player a skill. When that player is learning something new or they're trying to enhance something new or enhance a skill. So, number one, remove all expectation. I don't expect a player, if they're learning something for the first time, to be able just to come out there and do it to the, you know, perfectly or near perfectly or, or, or really well. I don't have any expectations of them. And that's not putting them in a box, but it's just it. I tell them this. I tell them, look, you know, we're going to work on shooting. Or we're going to work on left hand passing. Or we're going to work on your footwork. I don't expect you to do it right. And by doing that, that that automatically uh, removes some weight off of their shoulders. It, it removes some anxiety. It removes the pressure of having to do it perfectly because we have this old saying that, you know, practice makes perfect. And that is not true. I, I don't believe in that statement. I believe that's, that statement is completely false. Practice does not make perfect. Practice builds habits. And so I, I tell players that practice produces habits. So whatever you're doing in practice is going to is going to develop into a habit. And then that habit is going to follow you into competition. Practice produces habits. Uh, then I ask them, what habits are you are you producing? So, you know, I, I remove all expectations. I let them know that from the beginning. Hey, look, I'm not expecting you to do this perfectly. Um, and so, you know, let's let's not worry about any expectations that you have to meet that I'm going to place on you. Cause I'm not going to place any expectations on you. Okay. So once I remove the expectations, I go to number two, allow them to make mistakes because as soon as I tell them, I don't have any expectations. Um, I let them know that it's okay to make mistakes. Mistakes is part of learning. You know, I have two kids. I have an eight year old and a 14 year old, two daughters. Uh, my eight-year-old makes mistakes all the time. That's part of growing up. My 14-year-old makes mistakes all the time. That's part of growing up. Uh, but I tell them, I just told my 14-year-old this the other day. I said, you know, you're 14, you're a teenager, you're going to make mistakes. But to be wise, you have to learn from those mistakes and try not to repeat it. I said, that's the difference. Uh, you know, between ignorance and being wise. You know, you made a mistake. And you're in that same situation again or a similar situation, are you going to make the same mistake or are you going to be wise enough not to repeat that same mistake that you made? So uh, I, I, I tell my players all the time, and I know that's a little bit different from basketball, but you, you, I hope you get my point. But um, I tell them all the time, you know, mistakes are OK. You know, we put so much emphasis on, on, on kids doing stuff right all the time. And I think, again, it's relative to the situation. You got to put it in the right context. Um, you know, we get on kids for, uh, you know, missing questions on the homework. We we look at it in a bad situ uh, in a bad context. If a kid, you know, um, doesn't do it perfectly, and so I think in the beginning, and I'm talking about in the beginning when you're learning. So when you're learning, it's okay to make mistakes. I tell them that, you know, you know, when I, I'm not going to have any expectations, I'm going to, I'm going to remove all the expectations from you. Uh, I'm not going to set a high standard 
and it's okay to make mistakes. I'm already, I'm already um, looking for you to make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, it's no big deal. Let's learn from it and let's move on. And if you don't, if you don't happen to make any mistakes, that's great. So how to improve a player's confidence? Number one, remove all expectations. Number two, allow them to make mistakes. Number three, allow them to demonstrate ability to perform skill before you hold them accountable. Okay, let me read that one more time. Allow them to demonstrate the ability to perform the skill before you hold them accountable. So here's a here's a prime example. I have a lot of young players that come to me, and, and as you all know, if they're right-handed, they're going to struggle with shooting a left-hand layup. So I get players that come to me and they shoot a left-hand layup and they may jump off the wrong foot. You know, they may jump, they may shoot left-hand layup off left foot. And that's not, that's not wrong. Don't get me, <laughs> don't get me mistaken. That's, that's not wrong. Those layups are taught today. Those layups are, are accepted. But I always feel like the player need to be able to shoot a layup off both feet. So if they can only jump off their left foot, I got to teach them how to shoot that layup off their right foot. Okay. Uh, but, but here's my point. If a player doesn't know how to do a skill properly or correctly, if they do not know how to do it, how can I hold them accountable for not being able to make shots or make a good pass? So if I'm doing a drill with a player and they can, and I know, and they know that they cannot make a left-hand layup the correct way. I already know they cannot shoot the ball with proper form. I already know they cannot make a left-handed bounce pass off the dribble. I can't hold them accountable, or I shouldn't. I don't, and you shouldn't hold them accountable for, for the skill if they're not able to perform it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I see this a lot, and this is, and, I'm, I'm, and I get into uh, this kind of is working into another point of mine. But I see this all the time. How uh, I have a I have a nephew that's that's nine, and he plays on the basketball team. And and sometimes you know, in the beginning when he first started, you know he would go real slow during the ball handling, and I'm like, dude, what you doing? Like, why are you going so slow? Like, you need to speed up. I, I, you know, as a keeper, I don't want to make mistakes. I'm like, I ain't worried about no mistakes. Go faster. I'm like, you're going too slow. And then I started to think. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, do y'all have to run or do push-ups if you lose control of the ball? Yeah, yeah, we have to. And that, that just drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. Now, you know that you're working with seven, eight, nine-year-old kids, and not all of them are going to be able to dribble the ball like somebody in college or somebody in high school or even a middle school kid and you want to punish them because they're losing control of the ball, but you want them to get better. But then when you say you want them to get better, you, you yell out, we got to get outside your comfort zone. Well, if I get outside my comfort zone, there's an opportunity for mistakes, but you want me to get outside my comfort zone. And when I do, I mess up, but you want to punish me because you said I'm making a mistake. You see how confusing that is to a kid? So can you imagine an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, they go to practice, you tell them to go faster, get outside your comfort zone, but then as soon as they make a mistake, you tell them, you made a mistake, you messed up, drop down and give me push-ups. 
You know, so now they're like, okay, do I want to mess up and get better or do I want to be be complacent so I don't have to do push-ups? And so that's confusing to a to a kid. So, you know, we got to be real careful what we're saying. Now, if they're not giving you effort, I always feel like as a coach I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to coach effort. But if they're not giving you good effort, I, I understand that's totally different. You know, I can see a coach making a making a team, you know, run or do push-ups for for not giving you effort. Um, but you know, that's that's also relative because it's you know everybody perceives effort or working hard or going hard two totally different ways because you know I can ask a kid, whether they're a teenager or a preteen, you know, what is working hard and their definition is gonna be completely different than their parent. And then those two definitions of hard work or going hard can be completely different than their coach. So it's all it's all subjective. Okay. So how to improve a player's confidence. Number one, remove all expectations. Number two, allow them to make mistakes. Number three, allow them to demonstrate the ability to perform the skill before you hold them accountable. And one more thing on that. So once that player shows you they have the ability to make the layup with their left hand correctly, or once they demonstrate that they know how to shoot the ball the correct way, once they show you the ability to make that pass consistently, with that left hand or the right hand or execute the proper footwork, then you can start trying to hold them accountable. But that doesn't necessarily mean they got to do push-ups. That doesn't necessarily mean they got to do sprints or laps around the gym. I think there are different ways you can do to hold a player accountable. So if I get with a player and we're working on finishing at the rim and they're shooting a left-hand layup and they've shown me that they know how to shoot the layup, but they hadn't mastered how to make it yet. Like they, they've shown me they can use their left hand, but they haven't got to where they can make eight out of 10 layups or nine out of 10 left hand layups or even 10 out of 10. I still going to be real easy about holding them accountable because even if they show me the ability to demonstrate it and they're still missing the layup, I still got to encourage them because if I jump on them too soon about making, making a mistake or missing the shot, then they're going to say, well, man, every time I shoot a left-hand layup and miss it, coach got me doing push-ups. I ain't trying to do no push-ups. I'm just going to use my right hand. Um, so so that's, that's, that's really important, okay? Number four, how to improve a player's confidence. Number four, allow them to have fun. And this is huge for the younger players, huge. And, and it goes all the way up to high school and college players. Uh, allow them to have fun. Dribble tag. It's one of the best drills you can have players do. Dribble tag, you know, and it's and there's so many different variety or versions that you can do it. You can have one person uh, doing the tag, and you can have multiple people doing the tag, and you can split them up in teams. They can go, you can go one on one. You can go, you know, just there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can load in rules. You can only tag with your with your strong hand. Um, you can only tag with your weak hand. It's just, it's just so many different ways that you can, you can do that drill. And when you think of tag, you think of elementary kids. I do. So I always thought of elementary kids. I think of dribble tag. But I actually had some high school 
players um, do that drill, some college players do that drill, and they enjoyed it too. So sometimes you got to let people have fun. Come up with a way to where you're having fun and it's removing any expect, like I said, for number one, removing all expectations, um, allowing them to work on a skill where they're not necessarily thinking about the skill, um, you know, and, and they're not totally just consumed with trying to do it perfectly. So they got to have fun. You know, I, I just don't get why with um, coaches sometimes we just we get so caught up in trying to win, which is important. And, you know, kids have to learn about competing because we compete our whole life. Our whole life involves competition, whether we are competing to get a job, whether we are competing to get accepted into a school or college, whether we are competing with our coworkers to get the promotion, whether we are uh, competing, you know, whether, you know, my department, I may, you may work for a particular firm or, or business and, and your uh, department is competing against another department to see who can do the best or, you know, make the most sales or whatever. So you're, you're always competing against somebody somewhere. And it may not be on the basketball court, but there's always, there's always going to be competition. So I think it's important for kids to know about competition. But at the same time, we got to allow them to have fun. It makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, they're more likely to want to continue to do it. So, you know, you have to kind of load it in. So for a quick example, I've been doing a skill development league at the local Boys and Girls Club for first and second grade girls. And we've got about 20 girls, and I would say probably – 14 of those girls. No, wait, I take that back. I would say about 16, about 16 or 17 of those girls have no clue what to do. Like none. And when I say no clue, I mean, they struggle with, okay, the other team scored. Now what do we do? Well, you got to take the ball out of bounds. Who do I throw it to? <laughs> you throw it to a person that's on your team that's wearing the same color jersey as you. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not bad talking to them. I'm just saying we started from the bottom and we slowly worked our way up. So while doing this, you know, we really focus on a lot of skills, just dribbling the basketball. Can you dribble down the court? Can you dribble it back with either hand? You know, can you come to a jump stop? Uh, I introduced them how to shoot the basketball the correct way, and we started loading in competition, competitive drills. Because in, when we first started doing, you know, we did a one-on-one drill at first, and it was they they didn't really understand competition, and I don't expect them to, but they didn't really understand competition. And then we slowly started loading it in, loading it in throughout the weeks, and now they're picking it up. Oh, okay, I'm trying to compete. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to do better than this other person. So uh, let them have a little fun. All right, number five on how to improve a player's confidence. Number one was remove all expectations. Number two, allow them to make mistakes. Number three, allow them to demonstrate their ability to perform the skill before you hold them accountable. Number four, allow them to have fun. And number five, use mistakes or failures as teachable moments. Use mistakes or failures as teachable moments. So, if a player makes a mistake, 
or if they quote unquote fail, um, you know, we can use that just, you know, we can use that as teachable moments. And, and a lot of times I try to find out things about the player that's outside of basketball, whether they play softball or volleyball, uh, football, baseball, you know, golf, whatever it is. I try to relate to them in another sport because sometimes it, it, it helps them. Um, it helps it click. So, you know, we, we talk about those mistakes. Um, so, you know, a player could come up, shoot a layup, and miss it. They go back, try it again, miss it. Go back, try it again, miss it. Go back, try it again, miss it. And what I tell them is, I'm not concerned about if you make it. I just want you to use your left hand. Okay? I just want you to use your left hand. I don't care if you make a perfect pass. I just want you to pass it to me with your left hand. I don't care if you make the shot. I just want you to try to shoot the ball the correct way every time. Okay? But I use that as a teachable moment. So I may apply that to something that they may be going through personally or something they may experience in school or in another sport. So I try to teach them about those mistakes or those quote-unquote failures. And what I tell them is, um, you know, the mistake is just showing you. So I may tell a player, let's say they missed a layup and they may miss five in a row. I say, hey, look, I know it's tough. You're getting frustrated. You're missing your shot. You can't figure out why this is not going in. I said, but only thing it's telling you is that you just got to keep working. You got to keep working. You got to trust the process, you know, and you got to trust me. And that and that's the biggest thing. Can that player trust you as a coach? Because our job as coaches or as skill development trainers is to be able to see down the road. These players can't see down the road. They don't have that vision. They can only see what's right in front of them. And what's right in front of them at that particular moment is that they're missing that layup or they're missing that shot or they, they're struggling with the ability to make that left-hand pass. So they're basing their ability on that instant and if they're successful or not. So what's the end result? Did the ball go in or did I miss it? If I shot it, no matter how I shot it, did it go in? And here's something that I tell them. In the long run, if you shoot the ball the correct way, you take your misses now and you sacrifice trying to shoot too far out. In the long run, when you get to a certain age, you'll be able to shoot the ball like you want to and you'll make a whole lot more than you'll miss if you continue to put in the time. So I try to give them those teachable moments, let them know how you're going to make mistakes, whether it's on the basketball court or in life. But you have to learn from it. You have to assess the situation. You have to learn from it. Try not to make the mistake again. And, you know, you do your best and, and you move on. And I know I'm not teaching kids to blow off mistakes, but I, I want them to understand that, hey, it's okay to make mistakes. Okay. And I try to teach them something um, when we're doing that. All right. Number six, this is the last one, how to improve a player's confidence and encourage them throughout the process. And that's pretty much what I was just telling you, giving you those examples. Encourage them. Encourage, encourage, encourage. I'm telling you, man, I see, I see it all the time. These kids come in. They're already uh, holding back. They already feel like they're not, 
they're not going to be able to do something. So it's one, it's a four-letter word I do not allow players to say. When they are at a training session with me, I don't care how difficult the drill is or how difficult the skill is I'm asking them to perform. No player is allowed to say the word can't. I do, I do not allow I do not allow players to say the word can't. Okay? I just I just don't allow it. No player is allowed to say I can't do it. I can't make it. I can't do this. I can't dribble with my leg. No. No, we're changing that cuz that's a mindset. When you say can't, that's a mindset. So what I tell them is it's easy, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have, you know, a little bit of, you know, doubt. I can understand that. I can understand the doubt. You can say it's hard. You can say it's difficult. You can say, man, coach, this drill is kicking my butt. You can say I'm frustrated. You can say I'm struggling. But you are not allowed to say can't. You are not allowed to say can't. So I tell them, I say, you can't say can't. And um, I've even gone as far and told players, just take that whole word, just take that word out of your vocabulary. Do not say can't. Uh, now, I told them now, if somebody asks you to, 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 to break curfew or, you know, do something immoral or do something that breaks the rule of your parents, yeah, you can say can't then. But if you're performing something, if a teacher asks you a question uh, to solve a problem, you are not allowed to say can't. You can go up, you can tell the teacher, I don't feel confident, but you're going to try. But you should try. But uh, encourage them throughout the process. They have to understand that someone has their back. Someone They have to understand that someone is going to be there to help lift them up through those mistakes. And if you're a parent and you're listening to this, you have to understand this. This is important. This is so important. You have to encourage your kid. You can't be the type of parent, and I just said can't, because I'm telling you what you shouldn't be doing. Uh, you don't want to be that type of parent that just stays on and on and on about your kid, whether it's about their shooting or their passing or their dribbling. Because what happens is, I've seen it before, I have kids come to me, and as I'm talking to them, they're looking at their parents. And I'm like, no, no, okay. They're more, they're so concerned about what you're going to say and what you're going to do instead of concentrating on what they're doing. So if you're that parent, you know, if you taking your kid to someone to, to train and if you can't sit over there for that hour or for that 30 minutes and keep your mouth closed, then I would advise you to drop them off. If you don't want to leave them at the gym by themselves, especially like if it's a one-on-one training session, which I understand. If it's a one-on-one training session, then uh, I would advise you to bring an iPad or a book or your phone to do something to keep yourself occupied. Um, if you just don't want to go, have somebody else drop them off. Older brother, uh, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa, grandparents love doing stuff like that. But we have to encourage them through the process, the whole process. Let them know, coaches and trainers, let them know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. 
And it is a process. Skill development is a process. And when you do it the correct way, it is a process. Let them know, hey, you're going to get through this. You're going to look back on this day and you're going to laugh about it. You're like, Coach, man, you remember when, you remember when, I, when I, I could hardly make a left-hand layup? Shoot, I can put jelly on that thing now. You know, so encourage them throughout the whole process. Let them know the mistakes are okay. Allow them to have fun. You know, and don't hold them accountable un- until they show you the ability to demonstrate the drill. You know, you know mistakes are okay. And then, you know, you just remove all your expectations. And I just read the list to you backwards, six through one. So let's go through it one more time. How to improve a player's confidence. Number one, remove all expectations. Number two, allow them to make mistakes. Number three, allow them to demonstrate their ability to perform the skill before you hold them accountable. Number four, allow them to have fun. Number five, use mistakes, failures as teachable moments. And number six, encourage them throughout the process. I think if you do those six things or a majority of those six things and you don't have to necessarily, that's not an order as in saying you got to go one, two, three, four, five, six. But those are six things you want to remember when you are working with a player or you're working with your son and you're trying to introduce a new skill. So that's how you improve that player's confidence. So uh, before I let y'all go real quick, uh, again, my, my new book. The Skill Development Playbook will be released January 31st. It's going to be on my website, uh, www.tjonesfirm.com. That's T-J-O-N-E-S firm, F-I-R-M.com forward slash S-D-P hyphen book. That's tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book, or just go to the website, tjonesfirm.com. Up at the right, you will see SDP book. Uh, you click on that, it'll take it to the page. It gives you all the information about the book. And there are three different versions of the book that you can get. When I say version, it's the, it's the format of the book. Um, you can purchase it directly from my site if you want the PDF version. And that, and, and that version is $3.95. If you want the Kindle version, if you want it to be on your electronic device, um, that is $3.99 through Amazon. Um, on the on my website, there is a link for you to take you directly to the Amazon store. And actually, you can you can order right now as a pre-sale uh, on my website and or, or through my website on Amazon for $3.99, and it would be delivered to you on January 31st. If you want the paperback, which the paperback will be available through Amazon on January 31st, it is $9.99. Now, I have some great additional resources to go with the book. So when you get the book, you also have these resources. I'm going to have some PDF downloads to go with the book. And I will also have a free five-day skill development course um, that that complements the book. So basically what you would do, um, you you will receive an email every morning at 5 a.m. And I don't know if that's 5 a.m. Central Time or if that's, I think it's going to be 5 a.m. Central Time. So I don't know where people are listening to this, but it's going to be delivered to you, to your mailbox in the morning. And um, it'll have everything that uh, that it will talk about 
different things that's throughout the book. And it's going to give you a little bit more detail on some on some topics from the book. And you will get a, a new email every day and it'll take you to where you need to go to be able to um, get that information. So so for this book, which is three ninety five. Between three ninety five and nine ninety nine, you will be able to get a 10 chapter book. And it's not a long read. It's, it's an easy read. I try to put as much information in there as possible and, and not fill it with a bunch of just fluff. But you got 10 chapters. The book is 78 pages worth of information. Um, but it's, it's 10 chapters. And then you get free downloads and you get a five-day course. So you get all that for $3.95 or for $9.99. If you want the, if you want the paperback, which I think is a is a great, great deal, great information, great deal. Uh, so you're getting a lot of information. So uh, also be sure to follow me on social media. My Instagram is at mbnbball. Uh, my Twitter is also at mbnbball, and and I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, I do a little more you know, connecting with, with people of various different backgrounds. So uh, look for me on, on LinkedIn. It's TJ Jones. Uh, so, you know, that's everything that I got for today. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, if you have any questions at all about skill development, if you have any questions about anything that's going on, be sure to reach out to me. I check Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I'm on there. You know, I try to be on Twitter um, pretty regularly. Um, so y'all be sure to check me out on that, on Instagram. Now, on Instagram, I post more stories than I do just, you know, things uh, on my page. So, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll probably see more, more, you know, connecting with me through through my stories than anything. Uh, but if you have any questions with skill development, you know, reach out. Let me know. I don't mind helping. I have a lot of information. Um, if you need drills, if you just need, um, you know, if you just you want to ask me something, you know, feel free to do that. Uh, but if you want to connect with me uh, through email, send an email to info at tjonesfirm.com info at tjonesfirm.com that is actually my new consulting business I have for skill development for basketball and, and some other things I'm getting into so um, I look forward to hearing from you guys and until next week God bless <laughs>